This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Happy Thursday, buddy. We are trying an experiment today. If you listened to last week's interview with Lauren, which if you didn't, go do that next because it's so freaking good. But we talked a lot about experimenting and embracing decisions as experiments. And I love this concept. We talk about experimenting all the time in our coaching to really get away from our perfectionist tendencies, which is what we're talking about today, and also to let go of this assumption that we are supposed to be able to predict and control every outcome of everything. I just think life would be A, so boring, and B, so unmanageable, really if we knew how everything was going to turn out, which is kind of a wacky idea to pair up with confident decision making, because if you're making a confident decision and you're mustering all this conviction in this thing that you're going to commit to, to also simultaneously embrace that as this is just going to be an experiment. We're going to see what happens is a big challenge. So I promise if this idea is appealing to you, but also like, what? how do we do this? I got you. You're not alone. You're in the right place, actually, because this is what our work is all about, my friend. So our experiment is the podcast episodes used to live individually on my website, and we are migrating them to YouTube. We have our reasons for this experiment. I am a very visual person. I find that sometimes I really like putting my eyeballs on something. And I'm also an audio person at other times in my life, and I really like being able to listen to it. So we're going to run the experiment and see how accessible we can make this life-changing content. And uh, I don't know, if we need to make a new decision in the future, we will. That's how we roll. Let's get into today's decision style that we're exploring. So a few episodes ago, I started a series that then I interrupted and now I am resuming. Can you tell? We just run experiments all the time here. But we started a series on exploring each of the decision styles. And if you don't know your style yet or you want to get tips on how to make the most of it, go to kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz and take the decision style quiz. You'll find out your default. Which of these styles is running more of your life than maybe you want, maybe than you even realize? We're going to talk about perfectionism today. So when this is your decision style, you default towards doing A plus work. You kind of operate on this assumption that there is a correct and best way for things to turn out. And you tend to take on the personal responsibility of making that happen. So it's easy for you to get lost in details, to make assumptions about what other people are going to think when they see your imperfect work. On some level, you might even be basing your happiness and self-acceptance on how perfect you think you're being day to day. So in essence, there's kind of an A plus switch that gets pressed every single time you go to do something and you don't really have to think about it. You don't really make a conscious decision about I'm going to work really hard at making this good. It's just where you tend to go. Now, we get what this means when it comes to physical tasks and projects that we're working on, because we know 
We can let perfectionism add tons of extra time and stress to presentations that we're putting together, building a web page, putting together a marketing post. Like, raise your hand or raise an eyebrow if you're driving. If you've ever accidentally spent a half an hour picking out a new image for a slide in your PowerPoint presentation or scrolling through Canva to find a new font, whoopsies, I for sure lost a lot of time to those things because we care, because we want things to be perfect some of the time. And some of the time, it feels like we can't help ourselves, right? So I want to just point out a few other ways that this perfectionist tendency might be showing up in your daily decisions, because we have to understand where this default is working for you versus where it's causing problems. And some of this stuff might not be that obvious. So when you're perfectioning, you can turn things that could have been fun into angsty, pressury chores. Let's say you want to throw a party, right? Not that I was just talking to my own mom who is hosting like 50 people at their house this weekend. So this example might not be coming from nowhere. BHH, bless her heart. She is angsting. And this is normal for people to have stress before a party, right? But if you have perfection dictating your choices, you might be 10xing your stress up to the last minute about not folding the napkins perfectly, correctly, or whatever, right? That's not what my mom's stressing about. But Or if you're just getting ready for a party or an event of any kind, could that be fun? Maybe. Could it be stress-free? Definitely. But if you spend hours changing outfits and hairstyles, you're probably stressing yourself out, right? And we can see where this comes from the perfectionist origin story of assuming there's a correct answer. There's a right choice and you need to get it perfect. And until you get it perfect, you have to keep going. You have to keep working. The other thing we want to just call some attention to if this is happening in your life, we just want to breathe and notice it, is if perfectionism is limiting your experiences or even the opportunities that you see. Let's say you get invited to an event where you're going to see someone you admire speak, or you could potentially meet someone, a mentor, an investor, a potential customer, a soulmate, or you could just take a break and get out into the world because you haven't left your house in four days and you've been working nonstop for six weeks and you've said out loud, I need to take a break. And someone has conveniently invited you to a thing where you could take a break. But if perfectionism is your default decision-making style, it's going to get in the way of those experiences and opportunities because it's going to pop up and say, oh, it's too last minute. My hair won't be washed and styled. I can't show up like that. Nope. Or I haven't prepared. So I'm not going to do as good a job meeting people or presenting my pitch or whatever as I should. So I'm not going to go. Or even perfectionism can come up with this nifty little thought that I've already said I have to do this other non-important thing. And I could easily move it, but I would make that mean that I'm failing to meet a commitment and I can't do that. So I can't go to this thing I really want to do. It's very interesting to look at where is perfectionism nudging your choices away from what might be the most aligned, authentic, empowering, self-honoring decision. And you got to remember, we're not pointing any of this out because we're judging it, right? We're looking at, ooh, where is perfectionism actually working against me? Now, that means... It has to be working for you some of the time. And where I like to start 
in changing all of our habits is recognizing the positives first. Where is it working? How can we actually see this as a skill? Because my friend, when you are not perfectioning, you are making thoughtful, deliberate choices. You are investigating thoroughly. You are going above and beyond to make things the best they can be. You are capable of producing A plus work, be it a perfectly crafted DM on Instagram or a dissertation or a dinner party. So you're basically a superhero. And the great news is you can stay that way. Here's my take. When you are at your best, your decision style is actually employing high standards. Delish. Not everybody is capable of this. Not everybody defaults to this so naturally that they execute things with high standards all over their lives. As long as you use it as a strength and not an obstacle, this can actually be the reason that you feel great about your decision-making and about the things that you do. So to make the most of your decision-making style, I would love for you to notice when your high standards get you what you want. Are you celebrating your excellent emails? Are you acknowledging your pristine presentations? Or are you mostly ignoring your wins and focusing on whatever wasn't perfect? Because I tell you, you will be less inclined to let perfectionism run the show when you're clear on how effective it really is. When your extra efforts pay off and you're happy with the process and the results, you got to acknowledge that, oh my gosh, I made that pretty perfect and it was worth it. And I like that. Okay. This is also going to help you notice when those high standards weren't necessarily necessary. This is the feeling we get after we lose the half hour to the Canva fonts or the PowerPoint image. We get done perfecting that stuff and we're like, dang, that didn't need to be that perfect. I'm never going to get that time back, right? So that's what you're going to start doing. You're going to start taking more control of your default perfectionist decision making. And you're going to do it by using the perfection scale. So I literally want you to start asking, how perfect do I want this thing to be on a scale from one to 10? Ideally, you do this before you start something, but it's absolutely fine to start slow and get five hours into a project that you wanted to take one hour and then recognize, oh, dang, I'm perfectioning this. And then ask, how perfect do I want to make it? One to 10. The more you ask yourself this question, the more you're going to realize when 10 out of 10 perfect is not what you genuinely want. Napkins folded, font on the Canva. I don't think we actually care that much. Now, you might initially have difficulty with this. It can take some time to get comfortable with the idea of saying, I want to make this 7 out of 10 perfect. What is 7 out of 10? Like a B minus? Like, ugh, blasphemy. But we have to be honest. Because you want to be able to give that A-plus effort on purpose when something deserves it. And I did this with a client recently, too, and it was really helpful for her to go through something upcoming in her week where she recognized, oh, I might lose a lot of time to that. And we asked, okay, how perfect do you want it to be? And she was like, mm -mm, I need that to be like a four out of 10 perfect. And you know what we did? We asked why. Why does this only need to be four out of 10 perfect? And she gave herself her criteria. Here's what's going to get it to four out of 10. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. It's going to do this. Everything above that, the perfecting the fonts, the perfecting the images, the rehearsing four times in a row, that would make it 10 out of 10 perfect. And we do not need to do that. Permission granted, right? 
Now, another thing she was looking ahead at in her week, she did say, I want that to be 10 out of 10 perfect. And here's what that means. And here's why. There's so much clarity. There's so much empowerment when you can wave your wand and look at your life and all of the things that you're taking on and wield this perfection scale like a superpower and just decide this needs to be 10 out of 10. That needs to be 4 out of 10 perfect. But bam, I'm in charge here. And what we're shooting for is that 10 out of 10 perfect becomes the exception, not the norm. So I would love for you to try this in your real life. Look ahead at the week coming up and ask the same questions we did in this client session. Ask, what am I going to potentially lose time on perfecting? And how perfect do I want that thing to be? One to 10. And ask why. You're allowed to make things 10 out of 10 perfect. That's, I think, the bad rap that perfectionism gets that I really want you to claim as a superpower is you're great at making things excellent. You are great at employing high standards. So use that skill discerningly, but carefully. Make things 10 out of 10 perfect when you want. And I promise I'm speaking from experience here. It will feel so delicious to decide consciously this thing has to be 4 out of 10 perfect. And when you get to 4 out of 10 perfect and you shut the computer and you walk away, All that stuff that would normally bother you that it's not perfect and the font and the colors and the bup, 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 doesn't matter because you're giving yourself the gift of your time back. You're giving yourself the gift of saved energy, redirected energy to more important things. You're giving yourself the gift of agency because you get to decide what you're doing with your time instead of losing five hours to something and then beating yourself up for it. Oh, no, thank you. So, I cannot wait for you to start using this immediately. Please tell me all about it. Tell me everything. If we're friends on Instagram at KP Coaching, send me a message, make it imperfect. And if we're friends on TikTok at The Decision Coach, send me a message there. And as of today, we can be friends on YouTube if you want to. So win, 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 win. You can go check out my channel there. Just search Kirsten Parker. It's the easiest way. You can also go to youtube.com forward slash at Decision Coach. It'll be in the show notes but I have a lot of client interviews up there. I also have a lot of free masterclasses and workshops from the past. And if you're watching live, make sure that you sign up for the free decision style masterclass. Go to kirstenparker.com forward slash decision style to sign up for the free workshop we're doing on maximizing your style. We're going to be talking about all of the things that we've covered on these podcast episodes, but in more detail, and we're going to do live coaching on it. It's going to be so good. And it's going to set you up for an easier rest of the year and rest of forever because you don't have to feel bad about being a perfectionist, people pleaser, overthinker, and beyond, my friend. You're doing a great job. Have a beautiful week, and I'll see you soon. Hey, want to find out your decision style? Um, obviously. Go take the decision style quiz. It's in the show notes and at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. We all have our style when it comes to making decisions, but do you know how to use your default way of thinking to your advantage? Or do you mainly get stuck in the most annoying parts of overthinking and people pleasing? The decision style quiz has your answers, my friend. Take it right now at kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz.